Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Wednesday, November 10th day, 2021. Coming right up, it's 2 Samuel chapter 19. Don't you dare miss it. This is an important chapter. The Bible says a divided house cannot stand. Our Lord Jesus Christ has set a divine standard of order for his household. Our Lord Jesus Christ is your Redeemer, our kinsman Redeemer of the whole human family. Each individual must submit with unquestioning obedience and come to terms with that fact. Each individual must recognize that they are personally responsible to restore harmony with each other and the Lord. God chose the house of Israel to set the standard of truth by glorifying, magnifying, and broadcasting His divine saving word. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the human family's kinsman redeemer, whomsoever will. Now we'll get right into 2 Samuel chapter 19, but first, all anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing marketing, advertising, helping with the website, whatever God-given talents you have. God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. This Bible teaching podcast is only possible with your donations. Give it up for God and your whole human family at companionchapel.com. How are you blessing others with the blessings God has given you? Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. Companion Chapel is located at number 338, side road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. The postal code here is N0G2N0. And the phone number here is 509-706-8876. And thank you so much for the donation so far. We're really trying to save up to get some electricity here. Uh, some running water and the internet because right now I have no access to the internet unless I drive into town and sit outside the library in the truck and it's not really good for studying God's word or helping broadcast it there. I do the podcast here and then I have to uh, put them on the computer and then I upload it there at the library and it's beginning to be a drag but anyway, Second Samuel chapter 19 and it was told Job Now, we're talking about a divided house cannot stand here. These are lessons for your household, your personal life, your family life, your community life, your country's life, and our whole human family. A divided house can't stand. And here's Job. Behold, the king weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. Like David's army with his army general Job and his brother Abishah, they just won another victory. And here's King, he's weeping for the enemy, which was his own son. An enemy within is much more dangerous than the enemy without. Because an enemy within, someone in your inner circle, and you don't know they're your enemy. That's a huge problem. And the Bible is all about that. The way Satan will parasite his way into people's minds, through demons, devils, evil spirits, through their egotism and greeds, and gluttonies, and possessiveness, and their anxieties, and their uncertainties. That's no faith. If you feel uncertain, you just don't have faith. God is in control, 
and put everything into perspective here. Here's the king is weeping for the guy who was trying to kill them, it, albeit his son Absalom. And the victory that day was turned into mourning unto all the people. For the people heard that day how the king was grieving about his son. And the people got them by stealth that day in the city, as people being ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. In other words, they just won. But they're making it, David's making them feel like they did something wrong. Like they're not heroes, they're deserters. Like, he's insulting these people. He's insulting his own army and Job. Now, watch Job. Now, Job is a crusty old army general with a proven track record. Like, don't mess with Job. Remember when he was younger, him and his brother? They were like two renegades. Like, it's in them. God had a purpose for them. We're going to fight for God's word, for God's word, which is through the house of Israel to plant the seeds of truth throughout the world. God is in control, and he uses people. Like, watch Job here. And Job came into the house of the king and said, Thou hast shame this day the faces of all thy servants. You made us feel bad. You're making us feel dirty like we did something wrong. Which this day have saved thy life. This is what we did for you. And the lives of thy sons and thy daughters and the lives of thy wives and the lives of thy concubines. We saved your butt, David, and this kingdom. And that thou lovest thine enemies and hatest thy friends. For thou hast declared this day that thou regardest neither princes nor servants. For this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all we had died this day, that you would have been happy with that, David. Now, what, what's he saying here? Like, look, love thy enemies. We're supposed to love your enemies. You love their soul, but you don't love what they're doing. If they're, if they're constantly being uh, just reprobates, just atheists, heathens, against what is right, against the truth, against the truth of that unique light giver, our Lord Jesus Christ. Always remember the truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And our Lord Jesus Christ set the standard, the divine standard. Yeah, we have to love everybody in the human family. We don't love what they're doing. And sometimes God requires them to be sent home to him because they're doing so much damage to the truth, to God's saving word. He wants us all to sing for joy again for him, as was written in Job chapter 38. We all sang for joy. We were all happy and content. And then what happened? Iniquity was found in one third of us. That is us. We had to be reduced and restricted and passed through the matrix once, born innocent of woman, to see if we can get this out of us so we can reconcile with God again for the eternity. Where we belong. You think we belong in these flesh bodies? Are you kidding me? Like This is just insanely painful and crazy. But we brought it on ourselves and it's the only way to get evil out. Evil can't exist in the universe. There would be nothing but a big war. God's not going to... You can't have that. It has to be a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. That's what's set up. As soon as there was iniquity found in, in us... And it was perpetuated by one great entity, the covering cherub, as it's written in Ezekiel chapter 28, an entity that God created in the full pattern of wisdom and beauty, in the highest supernatural order. And he's referred to as Satan, the devil, demons, evil spirits. He has this whole crew, just the prince of the air right now. God said, you can have this little area here, this little planet. I love this planet and I love my children. And we just have to be careful and identify the enemy within is what's being said here. Don't let it parasite its way in as Jesus Christ so brilliantly teaches us. The leaven 
It'll work its way in, into your household, into your mind. And just you have to take inventory and you have to reconcile with God's word every single day. Come to terms with it. Submit with unquestioning obedience. It's the only way of peace. Every other way just leads to disappointment, eventual failure, anguish, and then mortification of the soul. Like when you say your prayers, realize you'll feel mortified when you say, Lord, I'm sorry, I was against you. I followed the adversary. I followed my own heart. Realize what the Lord Jesus Christ did. Realize the scope of what he did. He, he went up there and he had to come in the flesh and manifest in the flesh body for us. And he had, to, he had to not compromise with any evil, any ways and things of the world, all the ways and things of the world that constitute the trademarks of evil. Aggression, arrogance, pointing fingers at each other, not coming to an understanding of each other. Our Lord Jesus Christ went up on that cross and Satan give it all to him. By the time he was on that cross, Satan had nothing left in Jesus Christ. I, okay, that's it. I, he laid down his life at the appointed time. Satan had nothing on him and none of us have anything on God. God has nothing to prove to you. We have everything to prove to God and you can't violate the principles of God without consequence. And this is what's happening here in this chapter 19, this in-depth chapter. You love your enemies. You love everybody. But you don't love what they're doing. And if God requires them to come home or go to jail or to be you know, locked out of the church or locked out of your household, so be it. Let them sort it out. When they finally beat themselves down, when they realize that all oh, the ways and things that they think is right outside of God's word, it'll beat them down. They'll beat themselves down. People convict themselves. They can put on a great show. It's just, it's nothing but a facade. Until you have the love of Christ, enter your heart. Now that's what it means. Job is saying, if thou lovest thy enemies and hatest thy friends. Now, now rightly divide the word here. Yeah, of course David loved his son, but he hated what they're doing. And don't hate the people that are doing what they're supposed to do by following the divine order of things. Job was following it. David was turning wishy-washy again. Now therefore, in verse 7, of Second Samuel chapter 19. Now therefore arise, go forth, and speak comfortably unto thy servants. For I swear by the Lord, if thou not go forth, there will not tarry one with thee this night, and that will be worse unto thee than all the evil that befell thee from thy youth until now. Hey, listen, David, we're going to desert you. It's going to be curtains for you if you don't acknowledge what we did today and stop sitting there whining and moaning away. Like, Job just threatened to kick the poop out of David and saying, hey, I'm going to bail on you, David, if you don't go out there and tell the people. Now get up there and be a king for your people, for God's children. And then the king arose and sat in the gate, and they told all the people, saying, behold, the king doth sit in the gate. Here you are. Okay, David, let's pull this house back together. Like this chapter just shows this house is so divided, the house of Israel. That's the house of Isaac, Sarah, Abraham, Rebecca, and Leah. That's where we come from. Or if you don't come from this pedigree or this posterity, that's why Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Whomsoever will. The kinsman redeemer. That's why Ruth is in the bloodline of Christ. Kinsman redeemer. We are all part of the human family. But God picked this family, Israel, 
to plant the seeds of truth. And look at the devout safe nations over the world. Where did the ten tribes go? Up over the Caucasus Mountains through Europe, Canada, United States. And look at the division. Back then, what happens? And right now, the most divided country in the world, the most blessed country in the world, the United States of America, is now the most divided. And in the book of Revelation, it tells it straight up. Your life force, your blood is washed out. Let's go to verse 9. And all the people were at strife. Wait a minute. Verse 10. The king sat, and all the people that came before the king for Israel had fled every man to his tent. And all the people came before the king, for Israel had fled every man to his tent. Okay, so he's bringing the people back, and all the people were at strife throughout all the tribes of Israel. A divided house can't stand. The king saved us, us out of the hand of our enemies, and he delivered us out of the hand of Philistines, and now he has fled out of the land for Absalom. And Absalom, who he anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why speak ye not a word of bringing back the king? Okay, these people want the king to be king over all twelve tribes. Okay, like, what are you doing, David? Let's bring us, bring you back now. You defeated Absalom. Now t take it back. Everything. Remember, David is now... Who's David in charge of now? Just Judah? Because Benjamin's over there. That was the house of uh, where Saul came from. His posterity. And the ten tribes. Like, David, claim back your kingdom. Our Lord Jesus Christ is coming back to claim his kingdom. His planet and his people. And this is a type here. Jesus Christ is not unorganized. He's not wishy-washy. He laid it down. He will not accommodate evil. Now David, pull it together here. Let's watch David try and pull out all the 12 tribes back together. But watch what happens. And the king sent to Zadok and to Abithar the priest, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, why are ye the last to bring the king back to his house, seeing the speech of all Israel has come to the king, even to his house? Like, why are these people want me to go be king over there, and you guys aren't saying anything over here? Okay? We are my brethren, you are my bones and my flesh. Wherefore, then, are ye the last to bring back the king? Okay, this is a good question. Like, let's pull it back together here. One family. We're the family of God. But here, King David, who's a type of Christ, is an example for us, saying, like, we're all one people. We're all the same flesh and blood. We're all part of the human family. If you want to look at it that way, you have to. But he's saying here, hey, we can't have civil war here. There can't be division. Because a divided house can't stand. 13. And say you to Amasa. Now remember who Amasa is. He was, an, he was illegitimate. He was an Ishmaelite. Uh, he's now the general of the army of Israel. And, this is, and let's watch what David does here. Say to Amasa, Are thou not of me my bone and my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if thou be not captain of the host before me continually in the room of Job. There's, there's a question. Like, are you one of me or not? Like, you are where Job was, and Job earned his spot. Amasa didn't earn his spot. This 24-year-old uh, Absalom just put Amasa in charge of this huge army. And Job's just probably gunning him off, and I know he is. 14. And he bowed the hearts of all the men of Judah, even the heart of one man, so that they sent this word unto the king, Return thou and all thy servants. So the king returned and came to Jordan and Judah to Gilgal, and go to go meet the king and to conduct the king over Jordan. Okay, so he's claiming one spot. 
He's only claiming Judah right now. Like this house is in disarray. Like King David could have put his foot down. I'm the king. I'm in charge, period. But he didn't. And now watch. Here's some division. First Job had to intercede. And now Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite, which was of Baram, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet the king, to meet King David. Like this house is just in disarray. Remember, Shimei cursed and threw stones at David when David was down and out. So this guy's got some backpedaling to do. And there were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Zal, he's another traitor, and his 15 sons and his 20 servants with him. And they went over Jordan before the king, and there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. Okay, so these guys are trying to reconcile themselves back in. And Shimei, son of Gera, fell down before the king as he was come to Jordan. Why? Because he better, because he was throwing stones and swearing at King David before, when David was down and out, and said unto the king, Let not my lord impute iniquity unto me, neither do thou remember which thou servant did perversely that day, that my lord the king went out of his Jerusalem, and the king should take it to his heart. Like, when you were on the run, David... Yeah, I was throwing stones at you and calling you all kinds of names. 20. Like, we have to be careful of butt kissers too, but you also have to remember people will correct themselves and mean it. Does this guy mean it? 20. For thy servant doth know that I have sinned. He's confessing his sins. Therefore, behold, I am come the first this day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. Wow, he's saying the house of Joseph. Remember, the Bible translates itself. It contains its own glossary. The house of Joseph ended up being Ephraim and Manasseh. That's the ten tribes that went over the Caucasus Mountains. And they were to populate the world like the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. And so when people say, like on these documentaries on TV, where did the ten tribes of Israel go? Let me tell you where they went. They migrated over the Caucasus Mountains. That's why it's called Caucasians. They went left on the globe over Europe. The blessed boat safe nations, Europe, Canada, United States, Great Britain. That's why there's a church on almost every corner in every small town. Everywhere you go in Europe, Canada, United States, Great Britain, you're going to see a cross in your eyesight at some point of the day. Everywhere. A church building. Somewhere out in the country or, or on the corner of every city block. Right downtown of all the small towns. Churches everywhere. Why? Because God's word is protected. He protected God's word. He, he interceded in every governmental organization. So God ordains every government. He allows it. But he kept, he made sure that this word could be protected because he needs it to be protected because he wants everybody to hear it. That's the Great Commission. That's why he protected it. And he hates civil war. And here we have this guy, he's backpedaling. And he's asking for forgiveness, and he's representing the ten tribes of Israel, Ephraim and Manasseh. And those two words translated mean, Ephraim means double-blessed, and Manasseh means forgetful. And that's the textbook definition of the people of Europe, United Kingdom, Canada, United States. Double-blessed nations, but forgetful. Most people forget where they came from. We are now going through the great apostasy, as it's written, the great falling away from truth. You see, people don't care. When you're too blessed, you just fall away from God. And that's what happens. People just get it. It's all about themselves. It's what's in it for me. Let's see what Abishah, remember him? 
him and his brother Job, two renegades, but they pulled it together. They're disciplined military men. The son of Zariah answered and said, Should not Shimei be put to death for this because he cursed the Lord's anointed? Remember back a few chapters back? Like Ab Abishah wanted to dust this guy. And David said what he's going to say now. What have I had to do with you, you sons of Zerah, that you should this day be adversaries unto me? Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am this day king over Israel. Okay, David's starting to take back his kingdom. And he's saying this guy said he's sorry, he doesn't mean it. He's bringing this back to ten tribes. He's still got a lot of pull here. So, therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou shalt not die. And the king swore unto him. Okay, so... This Shimei is now going to go back into, uh, and he's going to be a great messenger unto people saying, yeah, okay, King David, King David, okay? But if he offed him, there'd be a huge amount of division, all right? So don't let human emotion play a role in your decisions. Don't let your heart just get all mad and angry right away. You turn it over to the Lord, you say your prayers, and he'll tell you what to do. You might not like it, but God always gives you a way out. And get over yourself, man. 24. Here's Mephi. Mephi Bosheth, the son of Saul. He was, you notice it says son of Saul. You know there's no word. You never see grandson anywhere in, this, uh, in, the, in the Bible. It's because we are all part of the human family. And when you look at your posterity, yeah, we're the sons. Son of Saul. He was actually the son of Saul's son, Jonathan. But that posterity, it's like when you have children and they look up to granddaddy and grandma, yeah, that's their children. That's their posterity. That's part of them there. And you see divisions happening. Oh, especially in Canada, United States. Someone gets divorced and all of a sudden, the, there's no access to the children. Oh, you're going to pay for that one. You're going to pay for that. You greedy people using human beings to satisfy your own hatred. Especially for the grand, grandparents who, ne who are rarely ever involved in the divorce. They just stand back. We just want to see the kids. We just want to see the kids. And then they get used as pawns to fulfill your hatred. Good luck with that. Whatever. The guy doesn't want to let the wife's grandparents see the kids. Buddy, you better watch it. They're, they're the grandchildren's. It, they're the, the sons of the grandchildren. As it's written here. The son of Saul, Mephi. He was Jonathan's son. Don't hold back. And the other way around, chicky-poo. If you don't like your old man anymore and you get divorced, the kids aren't pawns. They're not pawns to fulfill your hatred. Your lust for hate. You let those kids see the grandparents no matter what. Or on Judgment Day, what are you going to go, Yeah, Jesus Christ, you know, I was just so full of hate. and uh, yeah, yeah, I just didn't let the kids see the grandparents. I didn't let the kids see the grandparents. Good luck with that. You'll never get in your peace. You'd be so tortured your whole life for doing that. And I've seen it over and over and over again. Hatred will eat itself up from inside. A lot of, you know what? God sanctifies every marriage. People say, oh, God sanctified this marriage. Why is it falling apart? Did he sanctify it? Was the Lord in your heart when you got married? Were you guys studying the Bible like before you got married? And were you coming to an understanding? Yeah, that we have to set a standard for our household. Or it's going to be a divorce. And like here. Divided house, divorced house. It's animosity happens. I see young families splitting up all the time, and what happens is they start to compete with each other and look at each other like they deserve more. They can do, I can do better than this guy. I, look at him. He's got mustard down his shirt. Is that belly? Well, look at you. What you, what you went from bomb to mom. 
Okay? Yeah, you accept each other. Anyways, uh, we're talking about a divided house can't stand. And he that slandereth thy servant unto my lord the king, but my lord the king is an angel of God. Do Hey, wait a minute. Mephi. Let's go back to verse 24. Here's Mephi Basheth, and you know he's lame. And remember what... Who was that? Zeba? Zeba said a few chapters ago. Oh, Mephi Basheth is um, sitting in Jerusalem waiting to take over the kingdom of Saul. Ziba got busted. Ziba gets busted here. But watch David's heart. He knew Ziba was not telling the truth back there. David was down and out. And David allowed Ziba whatever Saul had. Uh, David allowed Ziba to steward Mephibosheth's inheritance of whatever Saul had. Like we're talking tons of pro We're talking billion dollars worth of stuff. But Ziba wasn't good enough for Ziba. Ziba rubs... Rubs David's faults in his face when David is crawling up the Mount of Olives, out of breath, bare feet, mourning, saying, I repent, I repent. You know, and here comes Ziba with, you know, a fruit basket and, uh, you know, some, some other things, like a gift basket. You know what, David? Uh, guess where Mephi is? He's over there. He's ready to take over the kingdom. Did did Saul get or did uh, David get all mad at at Ziba? You think David didn't know Ziba's this greedy, selfish, self-serving person? And David said, "Give me my fruit basket." And yeah, I'm watching you, Ziba. Don't worry. You're not a threat to me. You're just a blabbermouth, just trying to get more for yourself. Because here, here on verse 24 uh, to 28. Ziba gets busted, and Mephi turns out to be a good kid. Watch. Mephi Bothesh, son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and had neither dressed his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came again in peace. Does it sound like Mephi was sitting on the throne, acting like a big shot, like Ziba said? Busted, Ziba. You're busted. Okay? You're a traitor. You're one of those butt-kissers, bandwagoners, Oh, what's in it for me? How can I benefit off this? You find happiness in other people's false downfalls and misery. You say, oh, I can benefit off this. This guy. There's the king. He's crawling up the mountain in his bare feet. Oh, king, here's a fruit basket. By the way, Mephi that you uh, gave all Saul stuff to, which, by the way, I'm steward to. Yeah, he's going to take over the kingdom of Judah. Yeah, here's a fruit basket, Saul. You know what? Who doesn't know people like this? Yeah, they show up when you're down and out. And they tend to rub your face in it. It's just like, they find happiness in it. Oh, you, oh you're not doing good? Oh, I'm here for you, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, what's in their heart? Yeah, I wonder what I can get from this. I wonder what I can benefit from this. How long do you think you're going to live, David? Because you got a lot of nice stuff here. Yeah, I wouldn't mind this stuff for myself. How do people do that? Just watch for human character. A divided house can't stand. The enemy within is a huge divine lesson here. Like Ziba didn't go up there to help King David. He went up there to say, David, he put, David's already like, holy cow, like my own son had an army after us. We just had war. Like he's chasing me. He wants to kill me. And here's Ziba. Oh, by the way, Mephi's, uh, Mephi, you remember Mephi, the son of Jonathan, uh, the son of Saul, and you gave us all this stuff? Yeah, he's, he's taking over the kingdom. Yeah. Here's a fruit basket. Yeah. 
Just dig to the bottom. There's a few nut bars down there. Yeah. Bye, David. See you around. Okay, but here's Muffy. He's in mourning. He loved David. David took him in. And it came to pass when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king that the king said unto him, Wherefore thou that wentest not with me, Mephi? Why didn't you come with me? Don't forget, he's crippled. Like he's in an, I don't know if they had wheelchairs back then, I imagine, but, you know. No, he sat there and he mourned for the king. He wasn't sitting there going, Uh-oh, the king's fallen. I'm in charge now. It's all about me. Human character. Mephi's a good guy. And he answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me, for thy servant said, I will saddle me an ass. Who's the great deceptor? That I may ride thereon and go to the king, because thy servant is lame. So that's what, that's what Ziba said to Mephi. Hey, hang on. I'm going to take you out to see the king. Okay? And he has slandered thy servant unto my lord the king, but my lord the king is as an angel of God. Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. Like you want to wipe out Ziba? Because he, he went up there. He didn't bring me. I was sitting here waiting to show, Ziv, to show King David. I'm in mourning for you. I'm on your side. King, you took me in. You fed me. You put a roof over my house. And this greedy, gluttonous, possessive, spidey, just gross servant, Ziba, went and slandered. Say so he never went. It's like saying, yeah, I'll pick you up. I'll take you. Go see. Go see the king. You know, just wait. Just stand out front and I'll, or, or sit in your rolling chair and I'll, I'll be right around. You know, it's not a Cadillac. It's, it's, a, it's a mule. But, I'll, you know, I'll put a couple blankets on there. You'll be fine. We'll prop you up, okay? Never showed up. He was a no-show. So, not, you know what? He's probably, Ziba's going, you know, I just went to talk to David myself. I, just, I thought maybe you wouldn't want to come. You know, I'm going to think for others now. This is just a dirtbag. Dirtbag written all over him. Ziba. Mephi, you're a good guy. King David, you're a good guy. Joab, good guy. Okay, Shimei, he turns out to be a good guy because he repented. You know, people get hung up. You have to consider human frailty. But when someone's just a dirtbag right to the bone, identify that person. You spot that person. You pray for that person. That's the enemy. But they can't be within your inner circle. They're like leaving. They'll poison the whole house. They just keep packing away, packing away. You know, with their little comments. And it's like, oh, I didn't mean that. That's not what I meant. You know, they'll just drop, they'll just start a text war with you these days. No, that's not what I meant. No, it's just angry. No, 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 no. You're, you're responsible for what comes out of your mouth through your thumbs onto that text pad when you're bopping away. Send. Send. You're responsible for what you say. This texting is just a brutal, cowardly way of communicating. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Texting was one sentence. See you in 10. I'm not, no, I'm not home right now. All right, man, I'll catch up with you later. All right, that's it. But they turned it into this little message system where you can just hide behind a keyboard, be a keyboard tough guy. Yeah, this watch this. I'm just going to think, send. The next day, someone had to absorb that all night. Next day, you know what you said? You said, oh, I was just mad. Just say, don't worry about it. You know, they just say anything and see where the chips fall. But this, he's busted. Hey, my servant Ziba slandered you and me. Slander. God hates slander. And that's what happened to Satan. He slandered God. He challenged God's sovereignty. That's what Ziba was trying to set up. Another kingdom. Challenging David's sovereignty. For all of my father's hosts were but dead men before the Lord the king. 
Yeah, because they lived in the land of what? It was translated the land of no um, pasture. I can't remember what the Hebrew word was. The land of no pasture. We were all dead men. Yet thou did set thy servant among them that did eat at thine own table. Savior type, David. What right therefore have to cry any more unto the king? Okay, he, Mephi is grateful. Mephi Bosheth is grateful to the king. He's grateful. He, spe he feels like, yeah, he's spared. Hey, I'm telling the truth. Whatever you think, this is the truth. Ziba's a liar. And the king said unto him, What speakest thou any more of thy matters? I have said, Thou and Ziba divide the land. Okay, I already spoke it. And, and there you have it. Okay? And Mephi Bosheth said unto the king, Yea, let him take all. For as much as my lord the king has come again in peace into his own house. Now, what Mephi's saying here? Is I just want to be with you. If if it means so much to Zebi to have it, give it. Give it to Zeba. I don't care. I just want to be with you, King. Like this is looking into the future. We get no inheritance with the Lord Jesus Christ. Like we get nothing. Why? Because we have access to everything. There's no possessiveness. We use that for example throughout the Bible when it comes to the Levites. What is the Levites' inheritance? Nothing. Because you get everything. You have access to everything. When we go to the kingdom of heaven, it's a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. It's a place of harmony. There's no division. No, that's mine. Get off my lawn. You're on my property. Watch my car. Don't scratch the door. You know, big shot. Go buy a new car and then you park it sideways in the Walmart parking lot. Oh, if they put a scratch on this car, stay away from my stuff. Get off my property. Get off my lawn. Yeah, you think any of that goes on in the kingdom of heaven? No, because there's no possessiveness. We have access to everything. You want to walk across your lawn? Yeah, I'm going to walk across your lawn. I'll walk around your house with my dirty boots. Because don't be possessive. Mephi's not possessive. Yeah, that's all my stuff. Yeah, Zeba, you want it? Take it. Have it. You know what? Because, you know, in a few years, like these people are all long gone. What's it mean now? Nothing. Means nothing. Like well, you can't take anything with you. So all this stuff you're being possessive and greedy over and gluttonous over, and all this obscene entitlement that people have, that they think they are, they have the right, their egotistical right. I have money, and it's like the expense of humanity, uh, human rights, labor, uh, exploitation, and the exploitation of mothers, generative power, as long as I get my paycheck. As long as I can go to the car dealership and buy a new shiny car, get a new phone, get a new computer, as long as I get my stuff. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I love Jesus Christ. Sure you do, buddy. Give it up. That's why in the book of Acts, when it says... Uh, the couple comes in and they connive and they want to get, they have to give everything to the Lord. And Peter goes, did you give everything? Are you held back some? God strikes him down right there. Look, what good is it now? Nothing. Then the woman comes in. Uh, yeah, yeah, we gave it all up to God. But meanwhile, they held back because they didn't have faith. They didn't believe God strikes him down. What's the difference? If you struck him down, you're going to die anyway. But they had 20 more years to live or something, what do do? What's that as far as the affairs of time are concerned? You have to think about that. You have to apply that to yourself today. What are you being possessive over? The love of money. And I always get, people always say, no, nah, it's the love. We don't love money. Really? Prove it. 
prove it. Let's see your investment portfolio. Let's see let's see you all of a sudden how you feel if your bank account's wiped out. Give it up for God. Give it up till it eat not out of your excess. Give it up where it crimps what you think you deserve. Your obscene entitlement is gonna be on your account. Mephi doesn't want nothing to do with that. Thirty one, here's another one. Barzilia the Gilalite came down from Rogalitum and went over Jordan with the king to conduct him over Jordan. He was a part of the inner circle. He was like a, um, an elder. Now, Basilia was a very aged man, even fourscore. He's 80. And he had provided the king of sustenance while he lay in mayhem, for he was a very great man. He provided for David. And the king said unto Barzali, Come thou over with me, and I will feed thee in Jerusalem. Okay, here's, you know what? I acknowledge you helped me, and I'm here to help you. We're all part of the many-membered body. I was down and out, and you helped me. Now I want to pay back. And Barzali said unto the king, How long do I have to live that I should go up with the king into Jerusalem? I am this day 80 years old, fourscore years old. And can I discern between good and evil? Can thy servant taste what I eat or I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing, men and singing? Wherefore then should thy servant be at a burden unto my lord the king? What he's saying is that, okay, you're going to go back and there's going to be a victory party. And it'd be like me, 54 years old. Do I want to go have a party with a bunch of 20-year-olds? No. Hell no. Do I want to sit there? I can't enjoy the singing and the way they carry on. He's saying, listen, man, I'm old. I don't want to hang out with you guys. I did my job. Same with the 20-year-olds. Hey, you guys want to go have a party and a victory song? I don't want to hang out with you. I already know I don't know nothing in your eyes, and you guys know everything. Yeah, I know nothing about nothing. You guys know everything. You think he wants to sit around and listen to that? No, he doesn't want to sit around in the party. No, thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. But I want to jet and go be quiet. I want to go sit in my chair in front of the fire, and that's, that's what I want. Thy servant will go a little way over Jordan with the king, and why should the king recompense it me with such reward? Hey, listen, if you want to give me something, let me go. Let thy servant, I pray thee, turn back again, that I may die in my own city, and be buried in the grave of my father and of my mother. And But behold, thy servant Shimon, let him go over with the Lord the king. He's younger. And do unto him what seemeth unto good. Okay, Shimon would have been this uh, Barzilias inner circle guy. He's like secret service guy. And the king said, Shilliam shall go over with me, and I will do unto him that which... He's an ambassador for Brasilia, okay? And the king's guy, I'm going to take care of this guy. Whatever he needs, I'll take care of him, okay? He doesn't want to go over there. Brasilia doesn't want to go be with the young people and uh, have a little party and be happy about stuff. He's happy just to be content. Respect your elders is what's being said. Respect that, hey, I'm older now. No, I don't want to sit around with you guys while you were driving scotch into yourselves and telling me, all the stuff that you think you know and tell me I don't know nothing, okay? Big party. Too old to enjoy it. Maybe I'm taking that story a bit too far, but it applies to Yeah, I'm too old to enjoy your company. So, ciao. Later. I gotta go. And then all the people went over Jordan. When the king was come over, the king kissed Barzelli and blessed him and returned to his own place. Okay, be on your way. You're taken care of. You know, I got your back. Because you had my back. That's why. Not like Ziba. When you're down and out, look at how a divided house won't stand. And look what happens when you give it up for everybody in your human family. Like, give it up. Be a good person. 
Okay, then the king went on to Gilgad, and Shilham went with them, and the people of Judah conducted the king, and also half the people of Israel. Oh, here's division again. Where's the other half? There's another division, and here's why. Malicious gossip. 41. Behold, all the men of Israel came to the king and said unto the king, Why have our brother and the men of Judah stolen thee away, and have brought the king and his household and David's men with them over Jordan? Okay, like, we have more people here. Why? They're arguing amongst themselves. This is like right from your kitchen table. When two brothers argue, or a mother argues with the kids, or vice versa, when you have arguing. Like, David said, Be hushy thy mouthy. Okay, we're pulling the kingdom back together here. So have some patience. But no. Egotism. King should be with us. Not over there with them. Looking down at others with disdain. Try it. Look what happens. And all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, Because the king is near kin to us, he's closer to us than you, you dirty. Wherefore, then be ye angry for this matter. We have eaten, have we eaten of the king's cost, or have he given us any gift? No, no. Just saying, hey, he's closer to us than you. So drift. You stinky. Bye. You want to argue with us? He's, the king's for us. There's no, like, unity happening here. There's no coming to an understanding. Division. Trump versus Biden. Division. The whole country. 70 million plus voted each other way. Bring it together, man. And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten parts in the king, and we also have more right in David than thee. Yeah, let's get the lawyers involved here. Let's start pulling up statistics and government charts and graphs and stuff like that. Yes, this is us here. Let's prove each other wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong so I can go, Hmm, I proved him wrong. There you go. I feel better now. Well, that little feeling of better is so empty and shallow. I'm trying to prove someone else wrong. They come to an understanding. Be gentle with others. We have ten right. We have more right than you. Why you then despise us? That our advice should not be first had in bringing back our king. And the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. Not more comforting. Not not coming to an understanding. Fiercer. You know, I once had somebody say to me. How do you win an argument, Michael? I said, try and come to an understanding of the person. You know, I used to, like, get angry, but angry is a trademark of evil. This person said, no, to win an argument when someone's yelling, you yell louder. It's the person who yells the loudest. This person was dead serious, an adult, in their 40, close pushing 40. I was like, are you kidding me? What is this? Fiercer words than the other. Let's destroy, let's pick apart these people. Look what happens, division. Don't let it happen in your household. God won't put up with it. Jesus Christ came to bring, reconcile the house of the human family back together. Drive that into you. Be somebody. I want to thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Please support it by enjoying it, by promoting it, by sharing it, by getting involved in the podcast. You want to sit here with me or be on the phone? A podcast guest. Whatever subject you want to bring up, God's Word applies because God's Word is unassailable. It answers every conceivable, moral, and logical objection known to mankind. There's always a linear progression towards the truth. Any possible question humanity has for me, I turn to the Lord and you get an answer. Like it or lump it. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have a great day and bye for now.